All right. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And today is a special day because we're having the Lord's Supper this morning. And uh, in light of that, I uh, really prepared a very short message to you this morning. I told Phil that this morning. He said, I didn't know how to preach a short message. And uh, so, but I'm going to try. I think it's one of the great, great, great passages in all of the Bible. Now, like uh, Phil has 432 favorite songs. I have... uh, 432 favorite passages, and uh, I think this is one of them. Well, I know this is one of them because it's so key. So take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 6, and I'm going to be covering verses 1 through 8. Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, and it says then, Well, let me just preface this for a minute. You remember that uh, back in the days of Joseph, the children of Israel went down into uh, uh, Egypt, and they had been there for 400 years. The Bible teaches that, that after Joseph died, there came a king that did not know Joseph, and uh, they looked at the uh, Jewish people as being a threat to the nation of Egypt, and so they pretty much enslaved all of the people and made them do a lot of the, uh, just about all of the menial work, the building of the buildings and the making of the bricks and all of that kind of stuff. And and uh, they were crying out to God and asking God to uh, deliver them. For 400 years, they were there in Egypt in slavery. And uh, God rose, raised up Moses And you remember Moses lived for 40 years under the reign in the court of Pharaoh. And then he realized that he was of Jewish birth and he was protecting one of them and he killed one of the Egyptian soldiers that was mistreating. And Pharaoh exiled him and he spent 40 years in Midian there as a sheep herder. And God confronted him on the side of the mountain at a burning bush and told him that uh, he wanted him to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to set his people free. And so he did. And he went and he told the people of uh, Israel that uh, he was going to confront Pharaoh and have him set his people free. And the first time he did, Pharaoh thought he was crazy and he acted like, uh, I don't need to listen to you. And just to show you, that I'm greater than your God, he said, I'm going to make it even harder on the Israelites. And he uh, beat them and he demanded even more bricks and they didn't give him the straw to build the bricks. And and the hardship on the uh, children of Israel even became worse under uh, Pharaoh after Moses had confronted him. And they told Moses, what have you done? You, you've made it even worse for us. 
And Moses went to the Lord, and this is where we pick up in uh, Exodus chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. In other words, Pharaoh was not only going to let his people go, let God's people go, but he was going to force them out. Remember, there were 10 plagues, and by the time of those 10 plagues were over, Pharaoh wanted no part of the people of Israel, and he was going to drive them out of, uh, out of Egypt. And then we find in verse 2, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I've also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, I say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. And let's unite our hearts together in prayer. Father, once again, we come to you and we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that you want to be involved in our life. You want us to follow you. You want us to soak up all of the goodness and the grace and the mercy that you have offered in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, this morning that you would teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to emphasize first two before we get started. And it says, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name is Lord. I was not known to them by that name. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. Now, when I first read that 40 years ago and first studied it, it struck me as strange because he says, he says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as uh, God Almighty, but I was not known to them as Lord. And as I went back and I studied through the book of Genesis, and uh, 
several times, I, I mean like over a hundred times, the name Yahweh was recorded in the book of Genesis. Now, there are three names for God in the Old Testament. Uh, I mean, common names for God. One is Elohim, and you've heard the word El, and uh, Elohim, that comes from Elohim. And you, there's another word, Adonai. When you hear like El Shaddai, the song El Shaddai, that El is from Elohim. There was also another word, which was Adonai. Both of them talked about God as being a great God, a mighty God, and the creator God, and the one that uh, uh, sustains life and gives life and those kinds of things. And then there's Yahweh. And uh, God revealed himself to Moses as Yahweh at that burning bush. And even though they knew that name, they didn't. I'm talking about the, the patriarchs, the Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. And even though they knew that name, they didn't understand. They never realized the relationship that God wanted to have with his people. They looked at God as being the mighty God, the creator of everything. They didn't recognize that God really wanted to have a personal relationship, that he cared about them individually. And that's what this word Yahweh uh, uh, begins to uh, reveal itself as. Uh, the first time they heard it, that it was mentioned, was with uh, Moses at the burning bush. But, but here we find it in a different situation where God is wanting them to know that he is a personal God to them. That he's not just the God of the heavens and the earth, but he wanted to have a personal relationship not even just the God of the Israelites, but he wanted an individual relationship with each and every one of them. And that's what God has done with us. Now, he begins to reveal himself, what Yahweh means in, this, uh, in the uh, Exodus, when he allowed the people of, of Israel to be set free and to... Uh, to uh, lead them back into the land of Canaan and let them to become everything that they could be. He wanted them to understand that he wanted to have a personal relationship with them. Now, folks, all of that came to fruition when Jesus Christ came and died on Calvary's cross. And this is a, a precursor, it's a picture of what was going to happen in, uh, uh, in Christ when he died on Calvary's cross. If you go to verse 6, we see, I want you to notice that he cared about their burdens, about their bondage. He was wanting to bring them out from under their burdens. Notice what it says, therefore... This is God speaking to Moses. He says, therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. 
He's using that word Yahweh. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. That's the reason the first point of my message this morning is that uh, he wants to bring us out from under the burdens. Uh, It's a promise to help us in times of difficulty. The Hebrews were under a great deal of burden because uh, Moses had confronted Pharaoh and Pharaoh was adding all of these extra burdens to the Israelites who were slaves and, and their burdens were great and they were calling out and they couldn't understand why things were getting worse instead of uh, better. And uh, it says not only that he will bring them out from under their burdens, but he will also release them from their bondage. Notice there in the second half of verse 6, he says, I will rescue you from your bondage. So he's going to bring you out from under the burdens and he's going to rescue you from, uh, from your bondage. And I look at this today, I say, how does that relate to us today? And it's easy for me to see that we're in a time where there are a lot of people that are weighted down with heavy burdens. Amen? There are a lot of people who are weighted down with heavy burdens. There are a lot of things that are going on in the world today. There are a lot of responsibilities that you have and that I have and that we corporately have. There is a world out there that needs to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They need to understand what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. And folks, listen to me. That ministry has been given to us. It's our responsibility to go out and to share the good news and help people to understand the love and the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that comes in knowing Jesus Christ. There's a lot of responsibility that we have for our families and and for our friends and for our worker co-workers and and there's just all kinds of things that sometimes weigh us down. So there are a lot of burdens, but it doesn't just talk of burdens. It talks of uh, uh, bondage. It talks of bondage. Do you know the difference between burdens and bondage? There is a difference. It's a a very distinctive difference between burdens and bondage. Burdens are concerns and cares and problems and difficulties that we sometimes have to go through. It's more of an idea thing. It's more of a mental or an emotional thing, concerns, cares, problems, uh, responsibilities. Those are burdens. But when we allow those burdens to rule our lives, that's when it becomes bondage. You understand what I'm saying? It's how we deal with those burdens. If we can't uh, lay down those burdens, if we can't uh, uh, 
relieve those burdens, when we focus more on the burdens in our lives rather than the freedoms that we have, we become in bondage. Now, there are all kinds of bondages. There are people that have many different kinds. They're in bondage by several different things. Yeah, I mean, alcoholism is bond, a type of bondage. Uh, drugs is a type of bondage. Uh, sex sometimes can be a type of bondage. Pornography can be a type of bondage. Gambling can be a type of bondage. Anything that controls you, anything that you can't set aside, anything that uh, uh, hinders what, you trying to, what you're trying to do in your life, that can be a type of bondage. And uh, what Jesus wants to do is what God did for the children of Israel. He wanted to rescue them from their bondage. He wanted to relieve their uh, burdens so that he could rescue them out of their bondage. The, uh, in the book of Hebrews, there is a great verse that I love. It's in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. And basically what it says, I'm not sure I can quote it, but basically what it says, he says that we're able now to come boldly before the throne of grace. Listen, 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 listen. If there's anybody here this morning that's under any kind of burden, if you're weighed down, if there are things that you're having to struggle through right now, if there are any kinds of burdens that you might have, and especially if that burden has become, I keep carrying my, I can't see through my glasses, so I keep carrying that. I, I'm not using them, so I'll just put them down. If, if, if there's some kind, if that burden become a form of bondage for you that you just don't seem like you can escape. I want to tell you something. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe that if you're here today, most likely you are. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've received him as Lord and Savior, he has done something for you. He has made a, commit, a commitment to you, He has made, we have a, a uh, deal with God that because we're believers, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy. We can come boldly before the, great, the throne of God and He will give us the grace and the mercy that we need because he wants us to have help in a time of need. If there is a time of need in your life right now, let me share with you that the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ is that you can come not meekly, not, oh, uh, I don't know if you're going to do this or not, but you can come boldly before the throne of God. 
the throne of His grace, and He will give you mercy, and He will give you help in a time of need. That's what He did for the Israelites here. He brought them out from under that uh, burden. He rescued them from their bondage, and He brought them into, see, I said, out from burdens and bondage and into freedom. God cares about our burdens and our, our bondage, and he brings us out from under them. Notice what it says there. I will redeem you uh, with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will bring you into the land of Canaan that he had promised to their forefathers. God has made that commitment to every single believer. And I know, I know that there are times when we struggle. There are times when we are burdened. And I want to share with you this morning that you have a God that loves you, a God that cares about you, and he's telling you that you can come boldly before the throne of grace and he will give you mercy and he will give you help in the time of need. That's what, that's what this Lord's Supper is all about. That's why we do this because it is a reminder to us that he wants to bring us out from under there. Notice what it says, into freedom. I will bring you into the land which I swore to uh, give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a heritage. What he's saying is, is that I'm going to bring you out of trouble and I'm going to bring you into uh, a newness of life. That's what Jesus came for. He wants to bring us into a newness of life. And so, now I turn to the Gospel of Matthew, and he has uh, had his, he's sharing the Lord's Supper, that Holy Communion, with his disciples up in that upper room and the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26 and as they were eating Jesus took and blessed took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for me for the remission of sin and what he's saying here, he's telling us to keep doing this as long as we remember him, as long as we want to proclaim his death and what that death means to us. He says, he says, do this. And that's why the first Sunday in every quarter we do the Lord's Supper, or we try to do it on the first Sunday of every quarter. And so that we might know that. The cup 
is symbolic of his blood and the bread is symbolic for his body that he gave for you and me. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? So that he could take us out from under the burdens and that he can free us from the bondage and that he can lead us into a new life. That's why he came and died on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty of your sin and my sin that we might have forgiveness and mercy and grace and that we might know him uh, in a way that they didn't back then because he's personally involved in our lives day by day. I pray that God's blessings will be real in each and every one of you, that you'll know his presence and his power and know that you're able to go boldly to the throne of grace asking for his mercy and forgiveness, knowing that he is indeed a great help in time of trouble. Amen.